What's up, everyone? It's the Episode Ninja Podcast, where the guys and I do a deep dive into our favorite TV shows. We chat about legendary episodes, iconic characters, and hilariously classic quotes. It's like the late-night combo you have with your friends after too much beer and not enough tacos. So grab a cold one and get ready. It's the Episode Ninja Podcast. All right, today we're talking about Chernobyl, a five-part miniseries on HBO um, that has joined a long line of great HBO miniseries, um, some of which include Band of Brothers, which I'm sure we'll get to eventually. Um, Chernobyl, though, kind of set a new bar, I think, in terms of how HBO does its miniseries. It was written phenomenally. The cast was incredible. Um, Only thing that threw us all off, and I think we'll get into this, was the British accents. But let's uh, throw it over to Steve for a little top-level description of the show as you probably guessed from the title the show is about the chernobyl nuclear disaster in 1986 in the soviet union um the cast is pretty crazy jared harris stellan skarsgård emily watson uh, a couple other great actors and then the guy who created the show craig mazin previously known for such classic historic documentaries as the hangover part two and part three don't forget Scary Movie 3 and 4. Oh, my mistake. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it kind of it kind of goes through the whole story. It jumps right in in the middle of the action um, as the disaster is starting uh, in the first episode and, and goes from there through the actual events and then the cleanup and everything that happened afterwards. So how did you guys get into the show? My wife turned it on, and I looked up from my laptop, and I said, that's cool. Um, no, I saw the previews for it and it didn't do anything for me. So I was like, I'm not going to watch this. Really? Um, yeah. And I was doing work and she had it on and, uh, a bunch of shit went down like immediately. And I was like, Hmm, this is pretty cool. And then, you know, five minutes later I said, why are they all English? Um, if this is in Russia, if Um, I, if I can jump in, I actually did look this up because I was curious. I looked it up too. I have the answer as well, Dan. Oh, well, but you, well, you, please. No, you go ahead. No, please. No, go ahead. No, it's no, just, go ahead, the Dan. floor is yours, Christopher. No, the Chris, floor Chris, is yours. I insist. Uh, my understanding, based on comments I read from uh, Craig Mazin, is that he feels that any show can use whatever language they want to tell a story. And the fact that they were all English actors, he just wanted to keep them in their native language. Um, and there's a lot of Russian um, undertones, like with a lot of the uh, graphics and radio stuff and, you know, dubbing here and there. Um, but he didn't want to butcher it with a bunch of English actors trying to speak Russian. Yeah, that's basically what I read, is that it's really tough to do Russian accents. Um, I, I also read, that, and that came from the writer of the show, so I'm sure it's 100% accurate. But I also read that people were killing the Americans on that show on FX for trying to do fake Russian accents. It's just, I guess, it's just really tough to do. So I guess they just made the decision. I, I mean, it, do, it did throw me off as well, but... Side note, uh, you can tell that, um, and I don't know if you guys watch the Americans, but you can tell a Russian accent is so hard. Now, they do have a lot of people speaking Russian, but one of the main things in the show is that the rule is once you go to America, you're never allowed to speak Russian. So they just get off the hook by the main characters who are Russian and they're spies. Oh, we're not going to allow them to ever speak Russian because it's, it's, it's against the rules and they don't want to get caught as spies. Interesting. Um, I actually never watched The Americans, so it's hard for me to say, but I, I do know some people that really liked it. 
We're not here to talk it's, about the Americans. We're here. It's to... really good. You know what's? You know what? Uh, while we're talking about it, I actually should look this up because the Americans takes place in the eighties. So I don't recall if they ever acknowledged Chernobyl in the show. But maybe they were in America, and America didn't know about it because Russia was keeping it under the table. We knew about it. According to Russia, we're the ones that did it. Did you did you see that Russia's creating their own version of this, where it's American spies that actually detonated it? Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reading that Russia has mixed reviews. Like, I saw that, you know, whoever's in charge of, like, Russian culture thinks it's phenomenal, um, and some other higher-ups think it's great. But then I read that uh, members of the Communist Party think it's a bullshit and they want to ban it in Russia. Yeah, I, I'm just basing everything I on this based off Reddit comments. And it was people saying that the Russian government hates it. The Russian people are actually think it's quite accurate and quite good. Yeah, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into this in more detail later. But it makes the... I, it was the Soviet government them, but it makes them look really bad in some respects, and I think it actually makes them look pretty good in certain other respects. Like later on in the show, when they're asking for help for cleaning up after the disaster, there's like, "How many men do you need?" And they, what is it, like seven hundred and fifty thousand? And they're like, "Okay, seven hundred fifty thousand men to clean up this giant disaster. No problem. Do do what you got to do." So, as much as they tried to cover it up, I think they. You know, it seemed like a fairly ba- balanced portrayal where they weren't vilifying them too much. I And I agree, too, because one of the things that got me into the show was I saw a Twitter thread that was from Slava. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher this. Slava Malamud. Um, he lived in Soviet Russia in the 80s, and he did this whole Twitter thread about how incredibly accurate everything down to the littlest detail was in the show from even to the garbage pails that the people took out to the street to take out their garbage. He's like, even that was down to exactly what it was. So the writer in this case, I think from, from what I read, he just took like a year off or a couple years off and just strictly studied Chernobyl and Russian culture and all this and just dove in head first. And that's when he came out with this project. And it's, I mean, you mentioned it, Steve, his other writing credits are someone. So I saw someone comment. They're like, you can tell those were paycheck those were paychecks, and this was a passion project. And it really, I mean, it, it definitely shows. Not to, you know, say anything bad about The Hangover 3 or Scary Movie 3 and 4, but... Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't mean that, that intro in an insulting way to that no, gentleman. No, I didn't think so. To that gentleman at all. It's just, it's really interesting as we, you know, dive into some of these shows, seeing the career trajectory that, that people take. Like, like you said, you do what you got to do, and if you enjoy your job, make whatever kind of stuff you want. And now he has the top-rated production of all time on IMDb. And do you know what it bumped? What was the top? And this is not a, he didn't bump another series. He actually bumped a movie. You guys know what the top-rated movie on IMDb was? Up. Nope. Not a cartoon. Toy Story. Toy Story. Not a cartoon. <sighs> Shawshank Redemption. Correct. Oh. Yep. Hundred percent correct. Ooh. I mean, not that you can compare, but uh, Shawshank Redemption might be better than Chernobyl. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a recency biased guy. Uh, one thing I wanted to uh, say before I forget, because you guys were talking about the thread where the guy was like, this is super accurate. Mm-hmm. One thing I was thinking is it's probably pretty helpful and easy for them to get accuracy because everything's still intact, right? It's not like you're trying to you know, reenact D-Day 
and uh, you know there's new cities and roads and things like that right like everything's still there even at the end of the series they kind of went back and uh what's the town priot or priapot yeah so they were saying like er like everyone left like 30 years ago and it's all still here like there's dolls and beds and things like that and you know i don't know how much like actual ground they covered you know kind of like scoping out for the show or whatever but i'm sure there was tons of photos and you know drones sent in and things like that well and to add to that there's actual and steve sent this to me after i started watching it um there's actual hd footage of people on the roof you know throwing the graphite into the hole that it was it was almost identical so they were able to recreate it basically just shot for shot i mean not to take anything away but it's just it'll, it'll be interesting to see how you know like how these specials go as we go on because there's more footage of actually what happened so they have more to go off of and it i think it shows in this one i mean we talk, i mentioned band of brothers in the intro like that was incredible but to your point there wasn't much to go back at and look at they just had to recreate it based off pictures and whatnot and there wasn't many of those that were actually in color or very visible so i think it's a really good point isn't someone doing um some sort of I don't know if it's a World War Two movie or something, but they're one re- recreating stuff based on like lost footage. Yeah, I think it's the World War One, and it was like I can't remember the the director off the top of my head, but it was a World War One movie that recently came out, and he just like unearthed a ton of footage and Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson, thank you. And they unearthed a bunch of footage, and now they're he's doing his next project is restoring all that for like this insane documentary. They shall not grow old is what it's called. There you go. So before you guys started watching this, how much did you guys know about Chernobyl? I knew only what came up on Reddit every once in a while. There would be a Today I Learned or whatever. I, I didn't know much about it. I just knew that the, the shell that covers it costs like a billion dollars. I knew like the more recent stuff about it. Yeah, I didn't even know about the recent shell edition thing that they did. Like I knew it was a terrible nuclear disaster. I knew that the town was like abandoned and pretty much intact still thanks to i think it was like call of duty 4 had a level that takes place in pripyat uh so you'd walk by like the creepy like abandoned ferris wheel and that sort of thing um and i had heard i knew something about like there were these guys that like did something crazy to shut off something going into irradiated water um but it seems like even that story was kind of exaggerated from what actually happened. Because I think what that lines up with in the show was when the three guy, the three divers go under into the water um, and turn on the pumps or something like that. And I think they actually ended up being fine, I want to say. Yeah, no, they're still living like two today. Yeah. There's like two of the three. One of them died in like 2015. The other two are still alive. But yeah, is... you hear you hear nothing about like all the miners that were digging under in horrible conditions and all died and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know, I was uh, along the same line, Steve, where, hey, I knew it was a nuclear explosion and, you know, it was a huge disaster in the 80s. That's all I knew, right? I didn't know any of the details. Um, And I'm just wondering, you know, how many people even knew about Chernobyl? Like there's people like and, you know, exclude like, you know, 10 year olds, but people that are just ignorant and they're like wow what is this uh what is this fictional show on right now about this nuclear and then i like at the end of it like oh shit that was real like how people didn't think titanic was real if they were born like after 2000 um i can actually kind of speak to that because i i talked to i got my parents to watch it 
and um and they didn't know what chernobyl was no they do they did but like i asked my parent my mom specifically because my one sister was born in 1986 i'm like do you remember like it being in the news do you remember anything about it and she's like i remember reading about it in the newspaper but it wasn't like front page stuff it was like in the middle of the paper and it just wasn't that big of a deal around here or at least in her world which is kind of crazy because if you watch it now you can see how fucking close it was to being a really big yeah it's you know the the amount of details that come out about how disastrous it could have been not that it wasn't disastrous because it was Mm -hmm. but like it could have been massive and now you're finding out about that like 30 years later i mean that's kind of scary you know like you know i'm worried that like 10 years from now they're going to be like, oh, here's a documentary about how half the U.S. almost blew up like five times and no one knew about it and someone stopped it, you know? Yeah, I saw something that was a headline. It was like, Chernobyl is like the most depressing good show that's ever been on. Because it's just like, it, it really hits home for a lot of people that were alive during that time that may not have been if, if it really got worse. But thanks to the, to the heroes, like the coal miners and whatnot, they were able to confine it it's pretty crazy all right let's get let's get into this let's jump into the episodes i'm I'm anxious all right so so they start episode one how do you say his name lagasov lagasov valerie lagasov yeah i'm gonna butcher every character but (laughs) you you can just say the actor jared jared harris yeah jared harris that's pretty easy gossip who you'll know uh who he is in a second but you know they have him recording these tapes right and he's kind of breaking down sort of secrets of what happened pulling Um, out his hair yeah pulling out his hair so you know obviously you know that hey chernobyl's gonna explode so there's no like mystery there but then they're kind of setting this tone like this dude is crazy upset he's sick and he's got a secret that he's recording and he's being watched because they're showing the i'm assuming the kgb still uh at his house which is his two years after the the disaster they're still at his house and he's got to sneak off to go hide these tapes uh for someone to come and get later and then he comes back in the house and he hangs himself it's just a wild start to the show because you just have no idea where it's going to go from there because we haven't even seen the accident yet it's that's well, it, it, i mean it hooked me immediately and it throws you off through the whole show, too, because it's like this. He's the good guy. Like, why does he kill himself at the end? <laughs> yeah, you almost forget about it, too, like because you, you get so involved in his character and he is such a good guy and he's trying his hardest. So we should say he's he's a scientist, nuclear physicist um, in the USSR, and he's kind of brought in once the disaster does happen to explain it all. Right. Yeah. And, and figure out what happened. Yeah, so then they're switching over to the start of uh, the, the disaster, which was April 26, 1988. And you're sort of in this old school, you know, you know, nuclear control center. Um, and, uh, you know, the explosion happens and the reaction is just a, a joke because the people in charge have no clue what they're doing. Right. Uh, what's what's the engineer that's in charge of the... Dyatlov. He's... I just want to punch him in the face. I mean, I guess the actor does a great job as portraying just a fucking prick who well, isn't it. And they don't expose how big of a prick he is, really, I think, until the last episode. Because 
it kind of revisits the whole thing and you really see how much of an asshole he really was. Like we just get a small glimpse into it. He, it seems like in the first episode, he's just trying to fix everything. Right. Like to me, yeah. he doesn't come off as the bad guy right away. He's just trying to fix it. Yeah. And I guess to dive into what Dan is saying, how did, what do you guys think about how they sort of skipped the beginning? Like they didn't, they started not quite in the middle, but like, was it right after it exploded that the, the action starts i think it's like they, right after they, they hit the asm5 button yeah like they, they hit the, o- they shut it down and i actually really liked how they did that i thought that was yeah. awesome because it made me it helped me to understand what actually happened and we'll kind of talk about that more when we get into the fifth episode because yeah. that really goes into the details right. of it yeah, yeah yeah we can go over that but i just i liked how and i think the choice to put the very beginning or the events that and, led up to the explosion at the end uh, was a good choice because you kind of needed that um, character buildup and just a buildup of just uh, just how things were run Negligence. In, in Russia, yeah. and it explains a lot. Um, and so I feel that if they had put you know started at the beginning, like it just wouldn't have been the same. You know, like, and I feel that even if they would have left out the explanation of what happened before. It still would have been successful, but it was really great just the way that they spent like the 20 minutes in the last episode kind of breaking down like, here's exactly why everything got fucked. Uh, And you can start to see the incompetence too because they have that um, meter that's that's that you know making the clicking noise and whatnot, and they they ask what the number is, and it's oh it's 3.6 rotogen. Oh, that's not that bad. That's just just like a te- te- you know, just like a chest X-ray, and then the one guy's like, "Well, what does the machine go up to? Three point six. So right off the bat, they're lying, and it's just because the guy above them they know is going to come down on them, and the guy above him, and it's just this shit falls rolls downhill. Yeah, yeah, and the the fucked up thing is like they're not lying; they're intentionally like using the facts in a incredibly wrong and misleading way. Sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and it's a little close what, to home. <laughs> what what pisses me off too is, so you've got a bunch of, um, you know, and I don't know what experience uh, some of these technicians or engineers needed to come into a nuclear power plant and and work it. I know the one guy they interviewed was like twenty four, twenty five. Um, so you know, who knows? I know that the one dude. Um, that was like the main engineer who wasn't at the plant, but he was part of like the the meeting afterwards that was like, no, it's impossible for the this type of reactor to explode. But like you guys are scientists, right? And the fact that like you guys don't even think it's a possibility that something could explode, you know what I mean? Like you're dealing with something nuclear, right? So they get the concept of like, hey, it's a nuclear bomb, right? But just the fact that like it's impossible for it to explode or be dangerous just pissed me off so much. The only thing I can say to that is that if and I obviously <laughs> let me just clarify this by I am not a nuclear physicist and I don't know that much about nuclear power, but I feel like if the core exploded, like I don't understand how they all didn't die. They said it was like at, at the end of the show or at the end of the episode, I think they said it was like the equivalent of like two Hiroshima bombs or whatever. How did those people that were in the, how did they all not just get wiped out? So in my mind, it's like, well, if we're not dead, there's no way it exploded. But then obviously they 
you know, come to that well, conclusion. What's, what's, what's weird is, um, so you've got the people on the bridge, right? So after it explodes, you've got the surrounding apartments and things like that. All those workers coming out to see what's going on because they don't know. It, that it's an explosion. They just see a bunch of lights and smoke and things like that. Oh, it's a fire. So they're sitting there on the bridge. All those people wound up dying later on. They call it the bridge of death. Um, but those are, you know, those were like janitors or, you know, uh, blue collar workers. I don't expect them to kind of realize what's going on. Right. So I, I will, you know, forgive their ignorance, but the people working there should know how serious like anything like that you know, is they've got all these safety manuals and things like this. And this dude's just like, I don't give a fuck. I want a promotion. So we're doing yeah, this test forward. And as is revealed in the fifth episode, a couple of the guys were very wary of, of what was going on. Like, this is unsafe. I'm not doing it. But the, the lead guy, Dyatlov didn't care. Yeah. Dyatlov. Thank you. Well, didn't care or was willfully ignorant. Um, and it's just crazy because once it does explode, then they like because to, to what I was saying before, we're like, how did people not die? Like they have firefighters come in and start spraying it down. I mean, those are the first guys that really see the effects. I mean, we get to follow them throughout a couple episodes. But, man, it was just see the, the way it was all shot. I, that was the one thing I loved about the show, too, is I think they just did cinematography wise. I think they did an incredible job of capturing what was happening, the mood. I mean, it was so tense. There was the scenes where they're where they're going down in the water and they have that, the, I can't, what's that thing called where it clicks the meter? Geiger counter? Yeah, yeah. They have, and you hear that noise and it's getting louder and louder and more, you know, closer together. And it's like, if you were down there, would you want that thing on you? I'd be like, I don't give a shit. I don't, I'm going in anyways, right? I don't, I don't need to hear myself die. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I'm very surprised that, the firefighters were able to withstand being that close um, and not just, like, pass out. Melting. Um, you know, because, you know, so it explodes and, you know, the dipshit guy's sending his workers down to go check on it because that's a good idea. And up to the um, roof. And uh, all the workers are passing out and getting sick and things like that. Um, and, you know, they did a great job. Uh, with you know the effects um, just throughout the whole series but just from the get-go of displaying that sort of um, you know radiation poisoning and things like that it was a pretty wild first episode it definitely was one where I was like all right next one let's go you know so the the explosion happens you know they're sending fire fire to deal with it and then they break into this huge meeting right so it's got the guys that are in charge of the the plant and it's got a bunch of like board members i'm assuming right and they're just really concerned about you know one the reputation of russia keeping this quiet um and then just kind of losing money and things like that safety was like the last priority to these people which is just a freaking joke and then you had the um one uh older russian dude who was like just like cut off the phone lines. Don't let any of the residents Old let school. other people know what's going on. Like because they were more concerned about keeping it quiet than you know the uh, the safety of uh, their people. Yeah, and that just that was a pretty eye opening scene because that's not what you expect to see. I mean, like we would expect to see, but I'm pretty sure they would expect that in Russia. Yeah, this is also the you know where they sort of introduce um, 
I don't know the character's name. I should look it up. But the uh, the wife of the one firefighter and that kind of story of her husband going to fight. She's worried. What is her name? Is that Emily? Ludmilla. There you go. Ignatenko. She sucks, though. Yeah, She's a real just, person. Yeah, I just felt bad because, like, she knew some shit went down. Like, even from the beginning, she's like, I don't think you should go there. And he's like, no, it's a fire. Don't worry about it. I'm a firefighter. I'm yep. good. You know, even on, you know, when she saw the people by the bridge, hey, let's go to the, she's, everyone's like, let's go to the bridge. And she's like, uh, no, thanks. Um, so she was smart in the beginning, not so smart later on. And then all this chaos is kind of happening within a few hours of the explosion, the meetings and people are getting called. And I think it's the end of the first episode, uh, where they make the call to uh, what's-his-face, right? To put him on the team? Yeah, Jared Harris's character. Yeah. Lukasov. Yeah, but yeah. I thought the first episode was spot-on. Yeah, and I mean, you really... It's it's the 3.6 road that generally stands out to me, and then the the guy at the end, um, Sitnikov, he reports that he sees graphite, and immediately it's like, no, you didn't, you didn't see graphite. Just telling him that he's wrong, that he didn't see something that he saw. It's just It's just crazy. And then they have to go up to the roof to see it out, see it, and that's when they get the lethal dose and end up dying. A horrible death. Which brings us to the second episode. Emily Watson's character, she detects uh, abnormal radiation, like, off of a window on her story, which is, like, miles away. So, like, she doesn't even know what happened. You know, it wasn't like there was a news thing or she saw an explosion. She just saw some radiation on a window, and she's smart enough to know exactly what happened. And then she's like, I need to go here because this reactor exploded. exploded. She's like the combination of like a hundred different Russian scientists that contributed to out to yeah, explain helping the, explain the purpose of her character. And I think they actually did a really good, really smart choice in making it this one strong female character who throughout the show is the only person to stand up and bring Lagasov, you know, bring out the best in him, I think. Yeah, she was the the voice of reason throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and this yeah, I think that was a really good and decision. This, this episode is kind of like when Lagasov comes to the scene. This is, in my opinion, where everything kicks into high gear, because he's the only one, the first one that has any any brains. You know, they're just like, oh, we just need you here to um, to verify. Because what type was it? Like a K five reactor or KR? Or? Some sort of reactor. It's like RBMC. So that's not sure. Familiar. Some letters and numbers. But like even, but like even <laughs> before that, we see him in Moscow. RBMK. Talking, sorry, talking to Gorbachev. So he even knows that it's bad before he even gets there, and yet he still goes. Which is, I mean, I guess he didn't really have much of a choice. But I mean, he's talking to Gorbachev about it. Yeah, and the fact that like he knows, oh shit, that's graphite in the air. Mm-hmm. And that it's super dangerous, and all these things, and it's going to get up in the um, airstream, and it's going to travel. Like he's the only one, right? Like there's no one else in the entire uh, building of, um, you know, uh, Chernobyl, at least that they're portraying. That's like guys, like this whole thing is like crazy. Everyone needs to get out of here, you know. So just just the way that they portray that makes it seem like they just staffed the entire building with like idiots yeah uh, assuming the way they portrayed that meeting was historically accurate had he not said something 
all of the stuff that he prevented would have happened and like all of western europe would be uninhabitable or something like that yeah the way he was like breaking it down by mileage and you know square miles of if this happens if it gets into the water it's going to go into the black sea i mean he had it and then he immediately came you know he had somewhat of a solution at least to get the fire down with the sand and boron and that you sort of start to see where russia starts to be like okay this is a pretty big problem when he start you know when he starts asking for all of the boron and all you know literally every you know natural good that they have and he gets it what do you guys think of boris right so boris is uh, uh i guess he's one of the uh chairmen who gets assigned to be in charge of the uh disaster by gorbachev yeah i mean i hated him at first but i I think that was sort of the point. He was just so ignorant to what was going on. He was his his initial thing was to have the helicopter fly through the smoke to figure out what was going on and and Lagasov sitting there screaming at him that if you do that we're going to die. And he was about ready to shoot the pilot anyway. So, I mean, he's really headstrong. He has to have everything broken down like explain it like I'm 5. How does the reactor work, which helped me because I didn't understand it either, but it was just really interesting how his character grew throughout the show and it's just it's just scary that this was 1986 and people were that stupid at that position right this wasn't just some random joe off the street he was you know a high up in russia and they had all these resources and people on the team and he's still like oh but how do you know it's graphite unless we like fly right over it to put it in perspective let's picture certain political figures in modern day United States dealing with a disaster like this and understanding the scientific impact mm-hmm. like Sweet it's not Jesus. not too far off yeah i guess that's true yeah <laughs> so back to the episode though um as i kind of mentioned Lagasov comes up with a plan to dump the sand and boron um to try and stop the fire cuz that's really the biggest issue is that it's it's still burning and Again, he sort of broke down, I don't remember the exact terms, but it was like the half-life of whatever chemical was like 240,000 years or something like that. I mean, it was insane what they were up against. Yeah, it wasn't like they were going to destroy or to get rid of it. They were just going to... Which I think think Boris thought they were going to do. I mean, I think he thought it was going to be a pretty quick in-and-out cleanup, and then he got a real big reality check when Lagasov started explaining exactly what was happening. Well, the first the first scene with the helicopter pouring the um, the sand and the boron, you know, what's Boris is like, fly closer, fly closer, and he's like, you can't, you have to like just drop it and let the wind carry it. If you fly too close, you're it's gonna crash. And of course, flew too close and it crashed. And that actually happened. There's there's footage. I don't know if you guys saw. Yeah, it did happen, but it wasn't. It wasn't when it know. didn't happen when they said, and it wasn't a result of um, of nuclear or anything. It was just the pilot crashed. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it did happen. It's just. But why did he crash? Because he just lost control. Because like he didn't. It, but why did? But why did he lose control? <laughs> because of the re- radiation. No, because it was like months after the fact. It was it was months after. I looked it up. It was it was oh. it definitely happened, just not when they said or the reason it happened. That was a. Mm. Uh, Artists, artists taking a little bit of liberty, which they—I mean—that's oh. what you do during this, these shows like this. Like, well, thank, we, thanks for ruining the show for me, Dan. You are welcome. Anytime, Steve. That's what I'm here for. So they make progress on 
putting the fire out, right? So this is our goal with the boron and sand is to put the fire out. But the next problem is there's a drain water duct underneath the reactor. And once the reactor would melt, it would go into the water and basically create a crazy big explosion, which I think they said was like 10 times like Hiroshima or something like that. And it was going to destroy like half of Europe. And that was Ulana, the character who discovered that, right? I mean, she was the one that they didn't think about that when they were, it was, it was something that really hadn't crossed Legasov's mind. He was worried about getting the fire out. And she came in with this like, Hey, there's water under here. And like, no, we drained all that, but you've been dousing it with water for the past 24, however long it'd been. There's water down there. And then the, the whole, it was the scene in this episode where they had to choose the men or does that roll over into the next one? No, I think this is the episode where they do choose the men. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Um, yeah, I think it ends with them going down into the water, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, because the next one says the basement successfully drained. So, Spo- yeah, spoiler. Yeah, so they had to go. So they had to go, and these were the employees, right, of Chernobyl that they were asking to do this because they were the ones that knew yes. the building the most. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think what you know enraged me the most was one. They were just straight up lying to him, you know, like, hey, just go down and, uh, you know, unplug this drain. You're fine. And they were, they weren't stupid. They were like, listen, we're going to we're going to die if we probably do this. And um, they offered him like, I don't know what it was. 400 like rubles. Some, yeah. Which is like I, I mean, I $12 US. <laughs> no, seriously. Here's a here's a 20. Do you mind uh, going down? The crazy thing is, you, you like, you're right. I mean, they definitely lied. They definitely, but the crazy thing is that they lived so long. Like, I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, I, I, I want to do more research on, uh, you know, radiation poisoning. I don't know if it's, you know, certain people have a tolerance. Did they have more of a tolerance because they worked in the plant and they were like getting a little bit of radiation every day, such a small dosage that it built up uh, an immunity or something. Do you know that you're radioactive when you get off an airplane? Well, oh, when you deplane? Yeah. When you, you're radioactive? <laughs> yes, when you deplane. Yes, you are. Pilots are like, are super radio, not like super radioactive, but they have like, if you held a Geiger counter up to them, that's what they would go off because there's radiation when you're flying. Which is, Where's the radiation? Like when they're, when they're 30,000 feet in the air, there's radiation. From There's just radiation in the atmosphere? Yeah. Yeah, there's background radiation everywhere. Like, if you measure a banana, it's, like, higher than the ambient radiation. Do you find yourself measuring bananas a lot, Steve? Uh, you know, it comes up more than you would think. Okay. Okay. I really I really want a Geiger counter. Can we get one off Amazon? Oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure you, you can. can. <laughs> yeah, we should have gotten that for this episode and just... Oh, that sound, though. That sound just, just freaks me out. We'll throw a, an Amazon link to a Geiger counter in the, the show notes. <laughs> Um, I don't know if this was episode two or it was the end of episode one, but the uh, the the craziness in the hospital with you know them trying to treat all the firefighters. It goes from sort of just like, hey, we're just nothing's going on, we're delivering babies, and then just a rush of all the firefighters and men um, from the uh, I think that was the plant. I think that was the second episode. Cause, that was the second episode. Because I think in the second where, episode is where she visits him, right? And it 
it's like Legasov talking about what happens with radiation burn. Because like when she gets there, he's fine, right? Like she can walk right up to him. He's playing cards with his firefighter buddies. Nothing's wrong with him. He has some. Well, burns. I don't even. I don't even know if that was the episode where she goes to meet him. That might be. Epi- I think that's up. Ep- no, that's episode three, where she goes into the hospital. Oh, you're right. Episode. No. Episode. Episode. Yeah. No, because yes. No, I'm right. Because episode three is the episode that they arrest. Uh, what's her face? And she was at the hospital. The KGB arrest her. Yes, that was episode three. Yes. So episode two, the wife of the firefighter. Oh yeah, she she bribes her. Looking, way. she's yeah. looking for him. Yeah. And they made a big part of. Uh, they were stripping all the firefighters' uniforms off and just taking them to the basement. And I guess uh, you know they mentioned that those the firefighters' clothes are still there. Um, They're still there and cra- dangerously radioactive. That's insane. And you know what? You know what's crazy is I feel like the nurses, the nurses at the hospital had more sense than the people that worked. Yes, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna plant. say that. Yeah, they, they seem like they were properly trained on dealing with, like all the symptoms of radiation. Like, they knew what they were getting themselves into. That it wasn't safe to be around these people and trying to limit other visitors' access and stuff like that. Well, since since we're talking about them, we may as well talk about the third episode where we are really dive into the whole hospital thing and everything because i mean i totally i totally agree with you so in this to start this episode we find out that the basement's been drained and then uh boris and lagasov go to convince gorbachev that they need a heat exchange under the plant and he's going to need basically every coal miner in ussr to come and do it which is insane to excavate a tunnel underneath which We'll get to what that actually happened, or what actually happened during that scene. But you, we get introduced to the coal miners, which was a pretty wild, pretty wild scene. And I think that the Russian government has been pretty good, like Steve said, mm-hmm. about providing resources and things like that, except for the radius of uh, evacuation. Um, and I think this is the was this the episode where um, Legasov's pissed that it's such a small radius that they're and i don't know if they if it, it might have been the end of this episode or beginning of episode four where they kind of expand that uh radius and start evacuating people yeah i i i think it is um and this is also when they realize so this is boris and um Legosov realize that they're under kgb surveillance well boris knew the whole time he warns Legasov though for the first time. But I, I, I like to go back to the scene where the minister of coal meets up with the coal miners and tell <laughs> yes. them that that hey, you know, we got a new job for you. Because it starts with us seeing these dirty, dirty coal miners in this room just pounding vodka. And then this nice car pulls up outside with this dude in this super nice suit, and he's basically just telling them, like, hey, we need you for this. They ask what, you know, what the consequences are, and he doesn't tell them. Like, all right, start shooting. You got more. We got more people than you have bullets, so let's go. Like that was just such a great intro to those. To yeah, it's like it's like go ahead and shoot us. When you're out of bullets, the people that aren't dead are going to beat the piss out of you. <laughs> that main guy was so awesome, and then he's like their leader throughout the whole thing, which is which is great too. Yeah, and you know, obviously, you have an appreciation for the miners because they're not stupid, right? Especially the the guy that was in charge. He knew some dangerous shit was going on. He's, you know, obviously, like, rumors of the explosion had hit them because 
You know, they're like, oh, we need you to go to Chernobyl or whatever. And then they're like, oh, shit. No, no real details, but they knew that, all right, they, they need us, so we have, we have to go. And then, you know, the miners go over there and they meet up with uh, Boris and uh, Lugosov. And, you know, they give them these masks and shit. And the miners like, do these do anything? You're not wearing them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They partially. Yeah, well, if they worked, you guys would be wearing them. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was, he was a smart dude. And even when... Uh, Lagosov is explaining in detail that they need to dig underneath the reactor and they need to go even further down. Um, and it's, you know, to avoid radiation and then they need to go X amount of meters. And he's like, well, you know, we're not, we're not 12 meters down right now. So you're obviously like bullshitting me. So like he had a, he had a really good BS detector and still was like, Hey, I, I don't care. We'll, we'll go ahead and do it. And it was funny too, that like, even like Boris, like wouldn't stand up to them. Like you, he, even he knew not to lie to him. Like he hit the line. He's like, these men work in the dark. They see everything. So don't lie to him. Just tell him the truth. Tell him what's going to happen. And like, you, I think you mentioned before, like it's, you know, they're it, the Russian government did a good job getting all these men, but it was of no consequence to them because they didn't give a shit. If these people died. Like, that's, what's crazy. It's like, they, they, Yes, it's nice that they didn't hesitate on giving up 750,000 people to go help, but you got to think that 750,000 of their own people that are likely going to die of something that they did. Like it's it's not like you're calling them to go to war. It, it's just such a bizarre thing to me to think about to be like if you get a phone call or whatever they did to hey, gather up, we got to go fix this. Well, what happened? Don't worry about it. Just get on the bus. Yeah, 750,000 men is not a ton when you have basically unlimited manpower. Still people. So who wants to uh, discuss the miners' process and sort of well their before we do that technique in, in digging? Okay, before we do that, I just want to talk about the scene where they're standing across from the minister of coal, and after they get through and they're like, "Okay, we'll go help." How every single one of them walks past this guy in the super nice suit, pats him on the shoulder, so that by the time he's done, he's covered in dirt and grime, and the final guy's like, "No, nah, you look like the minister of coal." I, I just love that scene. I thought that was such an incredible scene. That was a great accent. Thank you. I, you know, I thought so. But I think Steve would probably be they best. Ca- they should have casted you. I thought so. I mean, you could have taken care of that Russian accent for sure. Oh, thank you. Oh, wait, that was that was more Elvis. Um, <laughs> I think Steve could probably describe, the, as he would say, the dong scene. I think that's Steve's favorite scene. Yeah, well, he made sure to point it out to me when I was watching it. It's it's memorable, That for that's for sure. Um, so for context for the audience, uh, we were discussing this episode and I said something in our chat along the lines of, oh, there's so many dongs. And I guess Dan hadn't gotten to that point in the episode yet. And so he was very confused as to what I was referring to. Yeah, it was quite a curveball. But then I saw it. I was watching uh, that episode with my wife. And she had fallen asleep about 10 minutes before that scene. And then she just woke up, and it was just a bunch of, like, fat, naked dudes. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what are you watching? <laughs> yeah, well, so we should say they were all naked because they were digging so deep it got hot. And they couldn't have fans because that would blow up dust, which had radiation in it, which would have killed them, which ended up killing most of them anyways. So they all just decided to, to drill as their forefathers did and took off other clothes. But, but they left on their hats, so they were good there. That's got to be crazy. I mean, regardless of the radiation thing, like even if they were just digging a normal hole, to be digging naked and all that dust and dirt just going everywhere and you're sweating like, oh, so gross, like so uncomfortable. 
yeah, I felt like I could smell them through the TV. It was quite gross. Mm, tasty. <laughs> um, so beyond that, though, we do see um, the scene where Ludmilla goes to the hospital to find her husband. Um, and I don't really remember how we found out she's pregnant, but apparently everybody like knew she was. I, rem- I remember this because this kind of pissed me off. So she finds out which hospital her husband was transferred to. And she goes there, and everyone in the hospital is like, hey, sorry, you can't go in, right? Mm-hmm. And she bribes one of the nurses to let her up, right? Gives her some money. So she goes up to the fifth floor or whatever, looking for her husband, and she's desperate, right? Obviously, she's worried about her husband. She's desperate. Tries to bribe another nurse because the nurse was like, no, man, you can't go. So she tries to bribe her, and she's like, look, you get 30 minutes, 30 minutes with your husband. That's it. You cannot touch him. Don't touch him. 30 minutes, that's it. And as she's walking away, the nurse goes, you're not pregnant, are you? No. No, I'm not. Right? And then she goes to see her husband, who seems fine. Right? He's hanging out with his other firefighter buddies playing cards and things like that. First thing she does, gives him a great big hug. And not only is she all up on his stuff, but she doesn't leave. Yeah. She's there for Stays hours. like a week. Um, yeah, that would, I thought that scene was so interesting too because they had Legasov kind of like narrating it almost because he was explaining to Boris what happens with radiation burns. He's like, on the second or third day, they'll appear just fine, no symptoms. They'll have some burning, but they'll appear to be in the clear. But that's the beginning of the end. And then we start to see his downfall over the next couple of days. And that was, I mean, almost sickening to watch. So is this the episode where they showed them like deep into the the radiation with their skin melting off and stuff. Yeah. Right. Because and that was one, because she's the one doctor was interviewing. Them yeah. Too. She's going, she went back at Legasov's request to go figure out, talk to them. They're only going to be alive for a couple more days. Figure out what happened. Yeah. Those, those like the prosthetics and stuff for all of that were just spot on. And probably one of the most memorable scenes from this show is, uh, after they had interviewed a couple of those people and you had seen what it was doing to them, she was interviewing another person and they his the top half of his body was obscured by a curtain or something, and it only showed his feet. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like, why did they only show his feet? And then in a conversation after that, offhand, she's like, oh yeah, his face is gone. I'm like, oh, that's why they only showed his feet. Yuck. She gets some good information uh, from from the workers, you know, before they pass, and you know, she's putting two and two together. That, you know, this wasn't a freak accident. This was a result of just kind of like uh, user error, incompetence, whatever you want to call it. Um, and this this is kind of the beginning of the case that is built up against, uh, you know, the two dudes. And this also happened. It also happens that she uh, she finds out or she discovers that Ludmilla is pregnant gets all pissed off. She's like, what the hell are you doing here? You can't be anywhere near him. This is like at the very end of, of the firefighter's life. And basically like goes off on her and she's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to report this. I'm going to tell the press. I'm going to tell this. And then all of a sudden the KGB agents show up and take her away. So she gets arrested for caring about this woman essentially and making sure she doesn't have a horrible birth. And she ends up getting arrested for it. Yeah, and then they had to pull a bunch of strings to get her out, which is ridiculous, you know, because she was so vital to help helping the team, 
And literally all she did was, you know, mention that she might say something and they throw her in jail, which is pretty ridiculous. And again, it takes like a big act by Legasov to like stand up and be like, hey, I need my friend out of here. And I think at the end of the episode, that's or not the end, but towards the end of the episode, that's when Boris is like, you looked like an idiot. Nobody's threatened by an idiot. So they like let her go because they're not worried about him. They they don't see him as a threat, essentially. Yeah. The uh, this episode ends awesomely, which is probably why this this whole episode incredibly depressing. Probably, uh, it was depressing, but I just think this whole episode was great. So for sure, three part three was definitely my favorite of the five. I would agree. Um, but all of you know, so uh, all the firefighters die, right? Obviously, and. They're getting ready to bury him in a lead casket, so they're uh, welding it shut, and they're putting it, I don't even know, like 30, 40 feet down, and they're just throwing these lead coffins down there, and then they just pull up a dump truck full of uh, cement, and they just can seal the whole thing, and you've got all the family members around. They can't, you know, really say goodbye to their loved ones. They're holding on different mementos uh, of the ones they lost and things like that, and it's like, you know three or four minutes of them watching uh, their husbands and things like that be buried underneath the cement. And you sort of see like, you know, the last drop of cement, like entomb all these coffins. And it was just really, really powerful. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I read too, that the reason Ludmilla was holding his shoes, that's why she had his shoes because when you get radiation burns and radiation poisoning, your feet swell up to like three or four times their normal size. So none of their shoes would fit. Ugh. So that's why she had his shoes. It was creepy. I mean, that was a that was that was a very somber last scene of a great episode. And then in episode four, I guess this is the, where they start the evacuation, right? So the beginning of this episode, they've got the troops um, rounding everybody up, putting them into buses, telling them they're going to be they're going to be back. But guess what? They weren't going back. I have a question. In this, in this, you know, one of the opening scenes, we see the the young soldier going up to like the eighty two year old woman who's milking the cow. Would you just let her let her live there? I mean, she was very like, I'm, I've been here eighty two years. I'm not leaving. Like, she's eighty two. What's what's she gonna do? Like, she's not gonna, you know, have a kid. If she wants to die there. Let her die. I mean, I feel like it's uh, not an enviable scenario where if he doesn't, he might get shot for not following orders. So that's true. I mean, you can say what you're going to do, but it's hard to to judge that guy too much when you're not in that situation. And everyone was told that it's going to be like three days. And just a straight up lie. The worst part of this episode, though, comes up after when what bothered me the most is we see like, okay, there's this one crew that's going to be spraying the stuff. There's this other crew that's going to go and chop down trees. Another one's going to go do this. And we have to follow the one guy who's going around and killing all the pets. That didn't that rub me the wrong way. I'm like, just choose someone else. Like, well, been through I, enough. I think I think that right. It was definitely, you know, as a dog owner, you know, I was really upset that they followed these, you know, three people. One of them being like a, a kid, basically, and who has no experience to basically shove a rifle in his hand and say, "Hey, you need to go shoot all these dogs." And I, I didn't want to see it, but I thought it was a good choice to put in the scene because it's little things like that and i shouldn't say little killing a bunch of dogs and cats puppies it's 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 stuff like that that you don't think about for sure you know what i mean like they they were like well we have to go take care of all these animals because if not they're going to get loose and they're going to you know spread diseases and things like that 
And if you read about um, uh, sort of the reaction um, or the effect that the disaster had on the environment, that, you know, obviously uh, a lot of the birds and things like that, you know, that population decreased. Um, but then just the birds themselves were developing kind of mutations uh, over the past like 30 years. And there's there's been random scientists studying that so it's just it's just crazy and that's just like the natural wildlife there they are starting to adopt the dogs from there though they found that the dogs that are still there because like obviously they couldn't get all of them and they they're finding that they have low enough radiation now that they can be adopted so that's good and superpowers well yeah that too how how were dogs surviving in that area for 30 years how do dogs survive anywhere yeah, may, I mean, maybe the. Do you mean like from a food perspective or from like a? Yeah, I mean, okay, so I could see I could see a dog surviving, like in the woods of like Wyoming, right? So they go to like a hen house or something. Um, they're eating some rabbits. I mean, but... they have all that there still. They just they're just radioactive rabbits and radioactive <laughs> hens. So like, yeah, that first generation of dogs didn't really make it that long, but then they you know hook up with other dogs. And those dogs are a little less fucked up, and then they hook up with other dogs, and they're a little less fucked up, and it's well, just it's I just mean, lesser and lesser. The the clip I saw was centered around birds, so I don't know if this still applies, but they were saying that the birds couldn't like reproduce, and you know the population was a fraction of what it should be. Well, does anybody so, here know bird law? I'm not I'm not too well versed. Yeah, and I would imagine that even if like I mean birds migrate and stuff, so they're probably. And we're getting into the weeds now, but I'm sure <laughs> birds are migrating from other areas that are less irradiated and spending a couple weeks there and dogs are eating them and whatever. So aside from the aside from the dog killings, this is another episode where we see Russia just lying. Um, so they're starting to try to get the graphite off the roofs. They have the three roofs. They're all named after different women's names. And they find that they can get robots that will work on the first and second roof, but the third roof is so radioactive that none of their robots work even the ones they've sent up into space. Um, so they ask West Germany for a robot, which they're convinced is going to work. But in the end, it turns out they were lying about what the radiation levels were, so there's no chance that robot was ever going to work. And they realize that they're going to have to use these bio-robots, essentially, which are just people, um, to go run up and go on the roof for 90 seconds and throw as much stuff over the edge as they can, as they can. which was, again, just a crazy, just a crazy thing to even think about. What I don't get is so there was there was footage right uh, that came out of the actual you know scene when they were clearing the graphite. If if the roof was so dangerous, why was anyone filming it? You know, I like, mean, I think they I think they were doing it for propaganda purposes. Like, look at how you know when they put that. They... I mean, maybe, but like if if it was so dangerous that not only did you have to be in this uniform, but you couldn't be on the roof for more than, like, 90 seconds, and then, like, that was it for the entire day, you're going to give someone a camera and be like, hey, bro, just uh, go ahead and film this real quick. You'll be fine. I mean, if if you're doing something so unimaginably dangerous, wouldn't you want someone to film it? Yeah, I think that's just human nature. Well, if I'm, if they just want to document I'm going, it. If I'm going out there anyway... To do it, I don't care. But he wasn't a bio. I'm talking about the guy. I'm talking about the guy who filmed it. Yeah, he wasn't one of those guys. He was just there to document it for the higher ups. I'm sure he brought that. I'm sure he brought that footage right to them so they could see. He was just out there for like all day. He was out there. No, he was out there for 90 seconds at a time, just like them. Just a villager with a camera. 
Well, like, that's the thing. They probably would have had to switch people because it wasn't like those guys. Now, this is based off the show, but those guys were going in and they were like done. It wasn't like they like took a five minute break and came back. I'm pretty sure that they just were like I think 90 this, seconds in. This cameraman and they also were done for the day. I believe this cameraman went for like the beginning and he was up there for 90 seconds. And then most of his footage was like from when it was mostly cleaned up. So I don't think it was as dangerous when he was like out there for extended periods of time. So I, I don't know the, the science behind it, obviously, but I think there was, I, I think it was safe enough for, I mean, obviously Couldn't it was, it didn't even destroy the film. That's what's crazy. To Couldn't me. you just put a camera on a stick? Well, I think it would have melted. I think it would have like malfunctioned. I think it would have had internal, like they tried that with robots with cameras on them and they broke down. Mm-hmm. That's why they could only use humans. So, but it was it was a crazy scene. It was this it is was another well another shot. crazy scene in this episode is when we see um, the female scientist interviewing Dyatlov when he's sitting there smoking a cigarette, and he's looking really bad in the hospital, but not like the other guys that are having their skin melt off. But he's sitting there smoking a cigarette, basically telling her like, the government doesn't care about the truth. Like they're gonna blame me. They're gonna put a bullet in my head anyway. So what is it? Why why do I even need to bother talking to you? She, yeah, she's trying to verify the information that she got from the other workers who died right so you know i don't know what she found out the sequence that of events that happened was kind of bullshit and she's trying to verify it with him he's calling bullshit on their stories and then he says oh next you're gonna tell me the reactor exploded and it's like dude yeah they legit have hard evidence the building is gone (laughs) it clearly exploded yeah, this guy just pisses me off. But I think he's meant to piss you off. So he did a good job. Well, and I mean, he's a real person. So this is all pretty do- well documented what actually happened. He was a dick, and he forced people to do things that they shouldn't have done. Because that's really the first the first episode, the first scene is of uh, Legasov recording is talking about how it's the outlaw's fault. Yeah, and uh, before we get into like specifically why it was his fault... You know, this is another episode that ends really sad um, where you've got uh, – what's the uh, the wife's name? Dan, how do you say that? Ludmilla. Yeah, yeah, Ludmilla. Uh, you know, she's in the hospital, I'm assuming, a few months after uh, the explosion or five months or whatever. And she had given birth to the baby. And No? Well, No, no, you're right. Oh, I'm sorry. You were shaking your head like I was I was, wrong. like, shaking because it was sad. <laughs> oh, yes, it was very sad. But yeah, she had given birth to the baby. And the reason why she didn't die from the radi- radiation poisoning was that while she was pregnant, her unborn child absorbed all the radiation. So, basically, saved her. The baby saved her. It's wild. And, and then, like, four hours into it just passed. And then you kind of see the shot of she's just at a bed. By herself, and then like normally, like uh, someone gives birth and they have that little uh, bassinet next to the the bed, and the bassinet's just kind of empty. So it was it was really sad. Yeah, it was incredibly sad. And then at the beyond that, right after that, we see um, we find out that Legasov and Boris and Koyuk Komyok, the female scientist. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce that one. we find out that they're going to have to testify in front of an international committee. And Boris is basically like, dude, just say what you know, not too much. And the female scientist is like, no, tell the truth. This is your one chance. So he's got like the devil and angel on his shoulder, basically telling him what to do. 
going to the next episode where he's going to have to testify to kind of leave you hanging. What I didn't get about this whole premise was, wasn't this an internal investigation? So why did they care if the truth came out? Well, they no, they had to present in front of an international committee. Oh, it was international. In Sweden. Yeah, that's what that's what Legasov has to do first, and then he testifies in front of the internal. So there's two. Got it. But, but yeah, he, Chris, to, to your point, I think they referenced that at one point where it's like, you just you just said all this stuff and it doesn't matter because they're not going to do anything about it. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but he, he lied to the Sweden committee and then told the truth to the internal investigation. Yeah, correct. Because at what, at what po- cause it was before he talked to the Swedes where he tried to make the deal with the KGB guy that said, hey, I'll lie as long as you fix everything else. Because... Because they discovered that everything was all the other reactors were fucked. No, that was that was after the internal investigation. So after the Sweden one, we see him Lagasov in the car with that guy. He's like, "Awesome job! You're going to be the head of the university. You're going to be this. You're going to be that." After you test, like he was going to get the highest award in the USSR for a civilian, and then after that, he was going to test. He was going to get all that after he testified the same exact thing at the internal. Okay, so he did lie. He he lied Mm -hmm. in the first. Uh, he just didn't tell all the truth, I believe. Is okay. But yeah, yeah. Okay, so he left out a bunch of stuff in the Swedish. Uh... Basically, the thing he left out is that it exploded after they hit the button. Like, got it. They, they said got it was it. error. So, so, right. So, to my point is, okay. So he lies to the international committee, but then the internal committee, he tells the truth, and they go completely ape shit. Right. That's what I don't understand. Well, they don't like being. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's just because. You know, they don't want anyone knowing, regardless if it was That's... outside of the country or, you know, the rest of these other scientists for the, you know, lack of or for the, you know, uh, potential of the information getting out yeah. widespread. But yeah. that's just crazy. No, that's, and they that's did, exactly they did a is. really they did a really good job in um, uh, with just the visuals of you know i don't know what you want to call the board with like the different well and boris bringing out the actual model of the i mean like my why my my biggest thing from the first episode of this one is boris's knowledge of a nuclear power plant like he had to do the explain like i'm five in the first episode then he's explaining it step for step in the final episode pointing to a model walking everyone through what happened it was pretty it was pretty incredible to me yeah it was uh they did a really good job of explaining exactly what happened and then you're sort of getting these flashbacks of what really went down. So they flash back to before the explosion and actually several, I don't know, days or whatever. Um, but it all started where um, they're trying to run these safety tests. And they were supposed to run these sa- X amount of safety tests years ago. in X, X amount of years. And they, one of them was like super late, right? to do it. And uh, what's what's the main... So he yeah, wants a job promotion. He just wants to complete his shit so he can move on and get a promotion. That's literally all he cares about. And you see him cutting corners. You see him. There's like uh, the dude that they put on to run the test, like didn't know anything about the test, um, didn't know what was going on. The other worker there, they were just like, hey, cool. It's cool. We'll just follow this, you know, this safety list. And even when they follow the safety list, What's his face was like, don't worry about it. Like bring it, bring the temperature down or whatever it was. But like, it was just incompetence from the get go. 
Well, even to, to, to your point, it was just the timing of it, too. They were on the, the night shift with a bunch of, like, 20-year-olds that had no idea what they were doing. And it got pushed because some city needed power during the day. And they left it cooling on this one temperature for, like, 12 hours, which was, like, the first mistake. So it was just this trickle-down thing of, like, one thing after another that caused this. And it's mostly user error and Dyatlov's fault. But as they discovered while they were researching, the the fail-safe, the one fail-safe they had, because they figured, they found out Dyatlov was pushing it as far as they could because he thought he had this fail-safe of that, you know, shutdown button. And when they hit that, that's when it actually exploded. And that was sort of the bombshell pun intended in the case because it sort of it showed Dyatlov that it wasn't just his fault like he's gonna get blamed for it anyways but at least in his mind even he was like just say it man just finish what you're gonna say and and he does and it kind of takes a little bit off of Dyatlov I mean literally not all of it if he would have pushed it to the next day right or you know whatever there was so many little things that just added up to this disaster and it all surfaced from this guy who didn't give a shit and just wanted to get it done so he could get his job and move on. Can I correct something too? I we kept saying it was in Sweden. I guess it was in Vienna. I just saw it, so not not Sweden, Vienna. Well, we apologize to our that's, Swedish that's listeners. All. So then, um, how does what what are the last few scenes of this uh, episode, Dan? So the big one is Boris and um, Legasov sitting out on the bench. Um, kind of talking about like what their future holds because they both know they're going to die. Lugasov is already losing his hair. You know, he's already starting to see signs of things happening. Boris can't stop coughing. He coughs up blood. Shows Lugasov that, you know, he shows him the, the rag with the blood on it. And then they're just kind of talking about life, you know, what this is, how this is going to affect them. And it was actually kind of a really moving scene because Boris ends up with a caterpillar on his leg that he picks up and he can, you know, he's just sort of pondering life and. I was uh, reading afterwards. I guess that was like improvised. That scene, they didn't plan that with the caterpillar or anything. It was just Stellan's Skarsgård improvising, and and he just pulled that out of nowhere. And it was it was pretty it was a pretty moving scene. I thought because oh the other thing too was like he was he kept blaming himself for all these things that happened, and you know he felt bad about all the stuff. And Legasov had to be like, hey, without you, none of this we're we're basically he's like if you didn't get these people if you didn't get this if you didn't get the boron if you didn't get you know millions of people would be affected but because of you they're not so they kind of it showed you know their relationship in a different light which was kind of cool. yeah i mean he felt so guilty he he helped so much he saved so many lives yet he felt so guilty over what happened that he took his own life that's just crazy yep so in the end lagasov is detained by the KGB after he tells the truth at the internal investigation. Um, basically, they can't kill him because he's been to Vienna. He's He's been on a national stage, but they're not going to give him all the stuff they said he was going to get. And he's forbidden to ever speak about Chernobyl. He receives no credit for his role in containing the disaster, and he will never work again. And it was just it was a really sad ending for him because all he did was tell the truth. The two dudes got, what, 10 years in prison? Yeah, and they both died in prison of radiation. Actually, it's who, three. Who was? Uh, and I believe they the were all dude? put to like labor camps. Dyatlov, Brunikov, w- and Foman. Was Brunikov the one? There that were three was, guys like, the on chief. the stand. It was the three guys in the meeting in the beginning of the episode that were having that were talking about the testing. So the guy behind the desk, Dyatlov, and then oh, the curly hair guy. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. 
the third guy was that bureaucrat that kind of yeah yeah all right i know who you're talking about they were all just trying to move up the ladder essentially but yeah i mean it, and then it ends with pictures and videos of the real lagasov and the you know other major characters in the show and how they ended up faring we find out that the the you know I think we find out at the end that they never actually put in the cooling system that the um, no, miners they didn't all mention for, that. and most of them ended up. No. Oh, they didn't. I thought. Oh, well, they said something about the miners. Most of them died. Like the crazy thing about this is they actually don't have like a number. Like the estimate is between like thirty and like nine thousand people or some you know some crazy number like that. Like they just have really no idea because Russia. But you said you said so Dan that you read that they did not need that cooling system. Which is which is which is right. crazy. They so not. those miners they never gave their lives for no reason. However, nothing. If they didn't do that and the reactor did uh, fall through, then you know the water supply for fifty million people would have Fucked. been done. So I mean, it it it, yep. it had to be done. It I mean, like forty percent chance or something. It sucks what like happened, that, but you had to but do they it. They just had to do it. Hundred percent. That was like this. I mean overarching thing is like none of this none of this had to be done if they just would have designed it correctly or they didn't cheap out because that was the that's why it exploded when they hit that button is they went cheap on it was essentially what Lagasov said and it's like if they hadn't done that you know he compares it to western models like if you look at their it just look at it from like a picture of their nuclear power plants and ours they're built completely differently and it's just we've never had one explode like this so I have to think Obviously, one uh, one positive best. note from the the scenes from the end of the series where they're kind of showing the real life photos, they did mention that um, Ludmila actually did give birth uh, and uh, had a had a healthy baby, so that was a you know a positive end to that story. From what I read, that the yes, she did have a kid, but it's pretty. You know, up. why do you have to just bring stuff down, Dan? <laughs> You could you couldn't have been like oh he's he's healthy he's in university right now he's got a girlfriend and blah 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 maybe I he's, mean he's he's an Amazon influencer you could have said something like that but no he's messed up thanks Dan I mean it would make sense mm. all right so what are our final thoughts on on Chernobyl um, I obviously thought it was awesome um, I was just disappointed like I feel like it could have gone one more episode because I would have liked to have seen. How they built the you know the containment for it. They didn't ever talk about the elephant's foot in in Chernobyl. Look it up. It's this like massive mound of just radioactive material that's just stuck in the basement of Chernobyl, hmm. and it's like this this glowing mound. It's called an elephant's foot. They didn't really talk about that. So that was my only. If if I'm really really grasping at straws, that would be my only complaint is that it wasn't longer. I would I would have loved another episode. But overall, I would rate the show because I know we do ratings here. I put this one at nine point five. It's pretty good, Steve. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was incredible. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't know that I agree with, and I know Dan, you were kind of stretching there. I, I think the pacing was perfect throughout. Um, and I guess I don't know enough about the history to know if they really glossed over anything, but it seemed to me like they covered everything pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I think Dan's nine point five was pretty spot on. Yeah, I, I agree. I was sad that it was only five episodes. Uh, I think I was like episode, you know, episode four. I finished watching that and I was like, oh, my God, there's only one more. Um, so I'm, I'm disappointed I, I didn't get to see more. But I think that they told the story well. Um, 
and it was uh, you know it was enough to make it a really good um, uh, documentary. Uh, my rating nine point four. So I'm basically I'm basically aligned with you guys. It's more of a mini series than a documentary. Okay, mini series, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> just um, I'm just fucking. What's Speaking of mini, speaking of miniseries, though, I just wanted to say, and if anybody from HBO is listening, I know you probably are. You guys need to just create a miniseries, histor- a historical miniseries wing, and just let go go after everything. I want to see Tiananmen Square. I want to see nine eleven. I want to see every miniseries you guys can do because they're pretty awesome at it. I agree. Um, here's here's a random fact. Uh, Jared Harris has hung himself in two different series. So he hangs himself in Chernobyl, and he hung him. He hung himself really, in Mad Men. Really brought us down here. Well, I thought we would end on uh, a high note. How about a fun fact about Jared Harris? Do you know who his father is? His dad is the original Dumbledore from the Harry Potter movies, and he was really? also the Emperor and Gladiator. So he's dead. He is dead. Yes. All right, that's uh, that's Chernobyl. Do you guys want to jump into trivia? Justin, did you do trivia? So, other words, Chernobyl miniseries trivia. Okay. First question: In which country is the modern city that was used to portray the dormitory city of? Fuck. I said Ukraine, which is where it actually is. I said Vienna because it's the only city I could think of. All right, Chris. That is correct. Next question. Is it a movie we would have heard of? Emily Watson and Stellan Skarsgård played a couple in which 1996 film? I I know it. I know it's scare two of the people breaking the, the waves. Um, God, no, I looked at, I looked up no Chernobyl trivia before this, but oh, no, that's maybe. fucking so yeah. you. Oh, I'm sorry. So I Dan? could have cheated and I didn't. That is correct. Did you cheat? Next question. While shooting the show, what prevented director Johan Rennick from visiting the real Chernobyl? Was it when Russia invaded the Ukraine? I'd be a true Chernobyl fan. Damn it. What was going on during the shooting of the Uh, show? They were repairing the container. Radiation. All right, Steve. Damn it. Oh, that's not I feel like that's the same as radiation. Chris. Incorrect. Dan. Incorrect. The correct answer is forest fires. Forest fires are the real Chernobyl. All right. So this is asking for uh, which character of the series. Um, when asked what he was hoping so people would take away from the show, the show right? director John Rennick said the following about which character. I said that Luke they Noah. would see this and feel that their voice oh, was heard and that they'd Shot been truthfully the portrayed. That's the not real character, though. No, no, no. Ludmilla's the wife of the firefighter. Uh, oh, okay. Dan? That I have it down. I said, look us off. 
I don't I don't understand how the quote's not Lagosov. I said because he's dead. Harris, who's an actor? Because he's dead. Because he can't wa- he can't watch it to he's see still if he's accurately to portrayed. Day. Had to be someone who's alive. That's a fair that's point. I, that's what I went. Oh yeah, I didn't I didn't hear the part where they said they would watch it. I meant like they as in the audience would watch it and felt like this person was portrayed gotcha. because he was the one that they shut up. You know, Gee. like. I mean, you're you're probably right. I'm sure he probably wanted that too, but that's not what the quote was about. Mm. Yeah. Okay, and the final question for Chernobyl trivia is. Huh. In HBO, so how many are left out? Miniseries: Three men are shown on trial, but in reality, there were more who were also on trial at that time. Hmm. How many people were left out of the trial in HBO's depiction? Uh, Shot in the dark, five. Yes. How many people? Twelve. Yes. Also, these people were also convicted. I I also said five. Uh, Steve, would you like to go ahead? Incorrect. Chris. Incorrect. Hmm. Dan? Rough one for Chris. I also got Correct zero. Three. Oh, Chris got one. I, yeah, Six I'm men sorry. total convicted. I a, three I, for 10 I had years. Down. I and then Steve three following for two, three, and So I have years. 12. Chris has six. Steve has eight. That's it for this week's episode Ninja Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review wherever you download your podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at the Episode Ninja if you want to hear us talk about any of your favorite shows. Or sign up for an account on episode.ninja and vote for your favorite episodes. See you next week.